0: This is a conversation with Pawan Barija. Hi, Pawan. Hi, Sergi. So how did you get to SE?
1: Well, um, I was, I was in the business world and I was working in uh, the business world and getting very tired of working. And I thought that, you know, I wanted to do some healing work. So I started researching what are my options. And then I came upon Peter's book and I read that and it just really made a big difference for me. And I said, okay, this is what I want to learn. I want to be able to practice this. And I found the SE trainings. And since the SE trainings were just a few times in a year, I could actually hold on to my day job and take the training. So I found uh, Raja and he was teaching in Pasadena and I was living in San Francisco. So I flew out. Took a class with him, completely fell in love with Raja and his teachings, and stayed with Essie since then.
0: So there's something really that resonated with you about it. So can you say a little bit about, you know, where the resonance was?
1: Yeah, the, the resonance was uh, so much as in my animal body. Uh, I I just felt my animal body unwinding, and I had... I cannot remember the specifics, but uh, I was in Brazil when I was reading this book and I still remember, you know, I had movements come mm-hmm. and I had shaking and I had releases happening in my body. So I was, uh, uh, you know, I was affected. I said, well, if reading a book can have this effect on me and and have this unwinding in me, in, in such uh, such an innate manner that my body is unwinding. I said, well, I just have to explore this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, so that experience of um, something in your body that, um, you know, as you're reading the book, you just notice how it's unwinding. And so yes. the experience of these forces, this energy in your body.
1: Yes, yes. And I I could not put words to it. I could not name it exactly. It's as if that animal in me said, yes, you're finally listening to me. And you're finally, you know, allowing me to come out and it speaks a different language. It's not English and it's not Hindi. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it just has its own language and that animal in me could speak. Finally, it, it had an expression.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it feels sure. very beautiful as I'm listening to you. Uh, You know that sense of the animal in you that yes. finally can speak and can have its expression in its own language. Yes. And that you know it can be heard.
1: Yes. Yes. I feel that uh there is a a level of uh intuitive work that is you know that's done in Essie. And it's very non-linear, non-verbal. It's more in resonance. Mm -hmm. It's it's more animal to animal, Mm -hmm. and it you know this the social structure that we place on our from our society from our conditioning it just falls away, and and this aspect of ourselves comes out. It's it's natural. It's innate. Mm -hmm. Mhm. That's what happens I feel in SE. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So these these uh, other things uh, social that fall away that they block and um there's something about then the animal to animal resonance. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and go ahead.
1: And and you know that that just brings to mind um um some of the sessions that I saw, um, in, in the, you know, when I went to study with Raja, I just saw the way he would do the demonstrations. Um, you know, he would teach certain material, but then when he's doing the demonstration, the, the space, the, the container would be different. The space changed.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And,
1: and, uh, so, you know, I mean, that, that was very powerful for me to, to experience that to be present, to see other people being authentic as they experience their own healing, yeah. their own process.
0: So I was very touched by that. So that sense of, um, um, you know, the space changes. So in a way, how some people can describe in a religious setting, how, um, you know, the quality of the space changes, it becomes sacred space, it's no longer ordinary reality, but something that you experience that even with the same person, the same cast of characters, you know, there is Raja giving a lecture, and then the same cast of character, the demo takes place, and then the quality, you have that sense of the quality of the space changing.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not surprised that Raja now, Raja then started doing, uh, the, his day longs at Spirit Rock would be about spirituality and trauma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's one of the first day longs because already, you know, when you do the SE session, when you see an SE session demonstration, there is spirituality in expression. Mm-hmm. Something very spiritual is happening. We can't, you know, name it in, in that terms, but I feel there's some just such deep innate healing happening, you know.
0: Mhm, mm-hmm. and so what you're describing you know and the way you 're describing it you know as we've been talking is really um you know you're you're describing the experience of sensing you know the the sensing the animal inside the yes. the sensing the atmosphere the sensing of the communication that happens so uh you know all of the conversation we're having is very much into. That mode of sensing and of yes. trying to transmit the experience of sensing.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And and you know how it's it's beautiful how uh, in this sensing there is all of the elements of Saibam, you know. So it's sensation, image, behavior, affect, and uh, meaning or memory. All of those, you know. It's kind of like an accordion. You know, you kind of like. Go and pick one, and and bring that in into the sensing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It's it that becomes what the organism, uh, the two organism are sensing between them, and then to have the container of the teaching class, the teaching group holding that container. The it's very powerful the dynamics of that of that container between. You know, the, the practitioner and the recipient and the students around that whole container, the whole dynamic. You know, I've seen such beautiful sessions, such beautiful healing happen. Such shifts happen in that space. And I, I feel that bringing in all of this Saibam elements and then some very sometimes, you know, even in just the sensing, such deep attachment work is being done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes there is pre-verbal, prenatal trauma that's being worked through. And so, you know, there is all of these different layers. I I still remember there was one session where there was some kind of um, work that was done. And, you know, at the end when they had the deconstruction, it was, they were working through something in the past life, but how would you name something like that? Because they were both in the midst of it and they could not really name it. But mm-hmm. once at the end of the session and they started deconstructing, it was that far back.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And of course there is no scientific proof. You can't really run an experiment. But at the same time, I feel that the knot within the the recipient of the SE session, when that knot releases and they come back after six months or a year and they report, you know, how it has changed for them. That certain place that they were stuck at, now they're able to move through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, I think, is the beauty. It's, you know, that's the beauty of the SE session.
0: Yes, yes. And so as I'm, as I'm hearing you talk about this, you know, the sense I have is the sense of... um uh of a certain kind of attention that's being paid uh yes. to the to the situation so you know, there's a container but there's also the richness of all the sensation of all the saibam uh, yes. all these aspects and there is a quality of in a way the attention being there um yes. and uh and being brought so that uh, what's happening is, um, there is a healing that goes, you know, beyond. It's, it's, it's a sense, you know, of, um, of a warmth, of a lightning, of a, uh, that, that, you know, transforms the situation.
1: Yes. And, and there is, there's also a sense of there is a joining mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like the, the SE practitioner and the recipient, the client, you know, there is, there is a joining that happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in that joining, in that resonance, you know, there is some, and you know, along with the container, some healing occurs for the, for the uh, recipient of the session. And sometimes it would be that, you know, you have, uh, you know, a demo session in a class. And then, you know, I've been an assistant for so many years and I would hear some of the students say that that seeing that demo, it was almost like they were being worked on and some aspect of them, themselves got transformed.
0: Yeah. So, so something, something is happening in that space yes. uh, that touches people through the resonance.
1: Through the resonance, yes. Yeah. 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 And I feel that you know in the SE session, uh in the SE training, we don't speak. We don't we don't give a uh, how do you say a formal teaching around resonance, mm-hmm. though it's used so much. Now when you see Peter working, Peter is working a lot with the resonance, he's using his observation. But sometimes you know how when Peter works he's catching things like he's two steps ahead mm-hmm. well, that I feel comes from a very uh subtle level of joining that he's doing also because I have spoken to um some some students who have worked with Peter, so after the sessions you know i mean uh, or after a few years of working having worked with him, they've spoken about how there is this the way he, they are held in that session. And it's, it's almost as if it's just them and Peter and mm-hmm. there's nobody else around. And there is this, he does a certain joining. He does a certain, certain way in which he does his resonance where he's capturing information. He's like picking up, he's hearing things and picking up things before they land, mm-hmm. you know, so it's mm-hmm. like, It's like it's coming, and he's catching it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, this one is going to land. And then he can choose, I can go in this direction, or I can choose, he goes in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So, you know, your image of catching it before it lands, you know, there's something visually that almost, if I imagine that, um, you know, there's somebody throwing a ball. And as I see the ball starting its arc, Uh, in a way, my mind complete the dot, dot, dot of where it's going to be at all these points so that I have the possibility of positioning myself with plenty of time to catch it. I'm not surprised by it. And so that that harmony of being with it, you know, instead of, in a way, the reactive mode of, oh, my God, where is it going to land and I have to run after it. So it feels like very much that sense of harmony as opposed to reactive.
1: I, I agree. And, and the additional piece I want to add to that, Serge, is that it's almost like I'm throwing 10 balls mm-hmm. towards you and you see the trajectory of each one of them. And then what Peter does is he'll kind of like position so that he catches maybe two of them to the left because he doesn't want to go in the right towards the balls that are landing on the right. So he'll ca- he'll go in that Particular place and position himself so he catches, and then he can take it to in, in because it's going in a certain direction, right? Which right. is where I feel the intervention aspect comes in. That is, SE is not just about letting a client float, there is a slight bit of intervention because yes. there is all of this information that's coming at you. What is it you're going to choose out of this information, and then? you have a certain path you're taking them. Yes. You're taking the client.
0: And so so what you're describing with the image of the ten balls and of choosing which ones is a sense that uh, in that moment, um, as the therapist, you're not in a place of being overwhelmed by these ten balls or of ignoring them. But the That's time right. is slowing down. And, yes. uh of seeing them. And yes. a feeling so at ease, you know, with where you are, that you have the possibility of choosing, yes, uh, which one you pick up, yes, you know. Yes. And so there's a, that aspect of actually, at that moment, the time is slowing down, yes, and and that is related to what you were talking about before about a certain quality of the space. Because um, as the therapist is actually in that place of comfort, of seeing what's happening, and of having a sense of having time and deliberate choice, then you're experiencing that space where actually the pressure of reactivity is really much less. Much less.
1: Because you're really present. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're really present in a non-judgmental, centered way. Mm -hmm. So the more you're present and the more you're in your own body, then as you see these different aspects of the client, you know, here are like these 10 different aspects and I could choose which one. There are some that you let go of because right now the psyche of the client is not yet ready Mm -hmm. to Mm go to that, you know. And then you pick the ones which will take them to the next level so but you but the quality is as a practitioner, you're really present, you're centered and not judging your own self or the client
0: mm-hmm. because I
1: feel if you have self judgment, that also gets in the way mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it takes it takes energy to judge your own self right. so
0: so and as we again describe the the paradigm of the ten balls coming at you, in order to be able to slow down the time and to respond to it, you obviously can't waste too much of your energy and attention going That's into right. the dialogue with the inner critic, and uh, yes. you know you really need to be present yeah.
1: to function. Yes, yes, that is that is true. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when you're describing things this way, obviously it feels like a very strong um, uh, presence, observation of, of the qualities of mindfulness, which is something that has been another longstanding interest of yours.
1: Yes, yes. Um, I feel without the mindfulness practice, you know, I just couldn't be doing SE. And w- while I was taking my training, I was very lucky to have um, uh, one of the people in the training. He was a long-term mindfulness practitioner. So he and I, we would have several conversations as we learned more of SE. We were like, isn't this similar to mindfulness?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we would have conversations about how is it different and how is it similar? Because if you take secular mindfulness... A lot of things in SE are basically secular mind- mindfulness, but SE is different from secular mindfulness in that it, it actually takes your attention in a certain direction. So the pendulation that it does between the trauma and the healing vortex, which I know now we call them the red and the blue vortex, um, but that pendulation is very specific and unique to SE. While in secular mindfulness, you, you have, you know, open-ended, whatever is your predominant experience, you bring your mindfulness to that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, so what, what you're saying is that the difference between mindfulness or secular mindfulness and SE is that SE has a focus. Yes, as he has a focus, and the focus is about that specific practice that's going to be this pendulation. So that um, practicing in a way, you don't practice, you know, the observing and letting go, but you practice your focus is the practice of the pendulation.
1: Yes, yes, and and where I feel mindfulness adds an additional dimension to SE is uh, as, you know, um, uh, now, you know, some of the teachers there in at Spirit Rock, uh, especially Philip Moffitt, now he uses the word compassionate mindfulness. Jack Cornfield now calls it loving attention or loving mindfulness. Loving awareness. That's the word he uses. So, that aspect of warmth and compassion, that is an additional piece which I feel is an essential piece in the healing because without the heart aspect, as we say in mindfulness, without the the warmth of the heart, mindfulness itself becomes very dry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So mindfulness alone, you can take an example like, you know, uh, like, a a barcode reader uh, in in a grocery store is very mindful that machine because it's reading exactly you know milk two dollars and fifty nine cents <laughs> you know chips dollar thirty nine so it it reads everything very mindfully right but it does not have the warmth it does not feel the taste of milk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm using this example from uh, Philip Moffitt when he gives the example of what's the difference between just mindfulness versus compassionate mindfulness. Yes. Right? So it becomes very dry if you're just with mindfulness. So bringing in the compassion, it adds a certain juice to Mm -hmm. mindfulness. Mm -hmm. It brings it alive. Yeah. It has a warmth of the heart. And so that is the additional piece which mindfulness brings in as in, you know, Vipassana meditation practice. That brings in, and that's the additional piece which I feel it adds to SC because any kind of healing, if you look at any wound, you know, if a child comes crying to you and, and you hold the child, well, holding the child in your arms is not really healing the wound, or you know, the scraped knee of the child. But it's the warmth of your heart, that's what's the, the healing for the child. Similarly, when you bring in the warmth of mindfulness with compassion practices, loving kindness practices, that is the additional piece. When you when I bring in that into my work doing the S E work, I feel huge healing happens. Mhm. Mhm. And and find and, the and, and, themselves to practice those practices is very powerful.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so when I hear you say this, also I relate it to what you were talking about earlier and uh, how beautiful it is to feel resonance during the healing. Because resonance is actually that part where uh, it's not just a machine, but there is um, uh, another human being is being touched by this experience and is sharing it and living it. Uh, So... You are, uh, you know, we, the, the environment is one of that shared, uh, experience, uh, at the level of, um, of compassion, basically.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, with a mindfulness practice, what, what that does is when you, when you marry mindfulness with SE, then how do you open your heart and Be present for some really deep woundedness in your client and have a balance. So that's where, you know, in mindfulness, we have the equanimity practice. So that helps when you're, when I'm working with a client, that helps me when I'm, you know, not only in seeing the difficult in the client and holding that, but the client themselves, how do they look back on their own past and face that huge trauma that they've been through as maybe there is a developmental trauma. But how do you look at that and not be washed away by the by the grief, by the sorrow of that lost childhood? That's where, you know, having some compassion for your own self, having an equanimity practice, that is helpful to a client as well. In dealing with their own trauma,
0: so that there is actually a container where yes. this thing can fit, instead of yes. being overwhelming to everybody.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so in that sense, when you're talking about something like the equanimity practice, it's um, if you think of it, something that's not maybe as, as an analogy with the pendulation, with going into the difficult situation, being able to bear it more and more, uh, so that um, you develop the capacity to have a container for it. And you can then bring it to the situation where you're coming with the client and there is something really big, but you have developed that container.
1: Yes, yes, you developed the container, yes. And you know, I also think about it as in the energy wells in, you know, that we study in the advanced mm-hmm. SC training where you go through the energy well and then you kind of like, you know, as you go through the pendulation in at one level, then you go into a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And it may be the same incident from mm-hmm. the childhood, but now you hit deeper layers. Of maybe the grief or the sadness, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so as you come upon these deeper layers, you know, the initial pendulation has actually built some of that equanimity within you to Mm -hmm. handle. But then, when you hit a deeper vein of this grief or sadness, you may again, you know, fall into a lot of crying or grief, Mm -hmm. and you know, if too much of the emotion comes up, we know that you might kind of like, you know, pendulate and swing back into the smaller container, right? Smaller well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's where, you know, like having some of the equanimity practice as you go into deeper layers, come upon deeper pain, that is helpful so that a person can stay in that space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having some compassion and loving kindness for your own self. Mm-hmm. That is helpful in building that equanimity.
0: Yes. And because so, it's
1: hard to see your own sadness and, you know, be, be balanced about it.
0: Yeah. No, so, that's a, that what you're talking about is literally, and I like your image, and, you know, I'm watching you do it, and so I want to describe what I'm watching you do so that people who don't see you and just hear you can have it. But you're doing the hand movement, of the well that just starts as maybe just like a little puddle, so it's uh, it's pretty flat, and then the the hand goes and do, does a deeper movement, so it's like you're sinking into uh, a deeper layer, and then yeah. you know again, and it, as you, you your your hand pendulates uh, back and forth, the uh, it goes deeper and deeper, and yes. uh, and so that visual. Of, you know, the pendulating, but it's not just the pendulating at the same level, but going deeper and deeper into a deeper well. And what you're describing then is building over time, you know, the ability to increase resilience. So, yes. uh, and, and, and the making the connection between the practice and that that practice actually is going to build resilience and that building that resilience is like building a larger container for yourself yes. as well as for patients.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. That is, that's beautifully described, yes.
0: Thank you, Pawan. This recording is part of the Somatic Mindfulness and Relational Psychotherapy podcast. See the website relationalimplicit.com.